Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank Hello, Mr. Jones. As I think you may be aware, spooky season is approaching. That's right, we are going into the season of Halloween. So what better movie could we watch than The Witches? That is right, ooh, spooky. We celebrate it on the most spooky of Canadian days. Canadian Thanksgiving. You celebrate it. And you ask yourself, is this as bad colonially as American Thanksgiving? And they say no, but who knows? Spooky. <laughs> There's nothing scarier than a horrid past. Uh, and it's exciting. scarier than ambiguity about morality. <laughs> And there's nothing scarier than ambiguity about your vague accent that might be German, might be Eastern European, might be Nordic. Who knows? And that might be relevant for this week's film as well. However, we should be celebrated, Alexander, because we have had so many Halloween episodes before that, it, but either not scary movies around Halloween or the scary movies, but nowhere near Halloween. So just by happenstance, we have finally actually got a spooky season episode. Uh, <laughs> And, and what's even spookier is the movie fucking sucks. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Blank Spank Season 2. Hathaway's Dash Away. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Hello, Al. I've just realised, Al, but I don't know when it happened. But somewhere along the way, I feel like I lost part of my intro. Didn't I used to say the show where we're chronologically reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb? I definitely said that in season one with Tom Hanks. I don't know if I started saying it at any point with Anne Hathaway, but I clearly don't anymore. And I don't know when that happened. This is very weird to me because, you know, you know, you know, that that thing that that, there's a saying of like at one time your parents put you down and never picked you back up again (laughs) and you never knew it. Well, at some time I said the show where we're chron- the chronology reviewing Anna Wade's entire IMDb for the last time, and I never knew it, and that's but desperately sad to me, Al. That is sad, except that you've just done the equivalent of an eighty-year-old just picking up their forty-year-old child. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, no, it's not the last time anymore, is it, you little kids? <laughs> just taking a lot of like testosterone just to like jack back up to pick up this kid. <laughs> Um, Al, we have a we have a big announcement to make uh, this week, and I'm I'm wondering, do you think we should make it now, or should we like tease that there is a big announcement coming, and then make it at the end of the show? Now, there's there's a couple arguments for and against here. We, yeah. The people have already downloaded it, so I don't really care whether they finish the end of the movie at the end of the podcast or not, and also. They might not reach the end of the episode. That's, that's very distinctly possible. They might just never find out the big announcement. But we are more likely to get people to listen to the most important part of the show, which is the numbers, baby. We know that's the part we want them to all listen to. So if we if we hook them in with a big announcement after the numbers, maybe they'll stick around to hear the people, numbers. That would work if we were doing it at the end of next week's episode. But we were trying to get them to download next week's episode. But considering they've already downloaded this episode to listen to this one, 
You know, I feel, I feel like, you know, that I, I feel like we can tell them, all right? Let okay. the men on the secret now? Okay. Um, so, dear listeners, uh, you may be aware, uh, if uh, as I'm sure you all do, you finish one episode, you quickly go to IMDb, Anne Hathaway, see what's coming next. Um, and we're getting pretty near the end. We've got uh, this, The Witches. Um, we've got next week's episode, which is on uh, the TV show Solos. Uh, and then we've got Locked Down, uh, Anne Hathaway's recent film with Chiwetel Ejiofor. Uh, and that is it for Anne Hathaway. And you might be wondering, what are we going to do next? You know, we, we did Tom Hanks, done Anne Hathaway. You know, of course, there's lots of things to resolve about, you know, what the aliens think. Will that, will that galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens? All those sort of things. Those will come in the last episode. But what's going to happen after that? Who are we going to be doing? And well... The answer is we're still going to be doing another way in Tom Hanks. Um, you might wonder what that means. Uh, basically, we're going to be releasing less episodes. That's what that means. Um, you know, the time difference has caught up to us all. Uh, Al recording at 8 o'clock in the morning every day or me recording at 4 p.m. slap bang in the middle of my weekends. It's a little bit inconvenient doing it every week, I'll be honest. And, you know, I'm not going to say whose fault it is, who's the person who moved to a place that's eight hours time difference away. Who's the person who won't move over just to do a podcast with his mate? uh. (laughs) Um, But with that, we thought rather than continuing doing it weekly uh, with someone new or rather than dropping it completely... We'll just do it as and when. As and when a new Tom Hanks project comes out, as and when a new Anne Hathaway film comes out, we'll wait a couple of weeks, let you all mm. watch it, uh, yeah. and and then we'll release episodes. So yeah. please remain subscribed to us, uh, because otherwise otherwise no one will ever know that these exist. Um, but uh, your feed will probably be slightly less clogged up by Blank Spank. Um, we may also just sometimes decide to, maybe one week we, we just miss each other a little bit yeah. uh, and we want to review oh, Big Fat Greek Wedding or something. Oh man, that'd be um, <laughs> Stop reviewing yeah. Mamma Mia, the, the, yeah. the mini <laughs> Mamma Mia podcast, all I've ever wanted. We'll so, see uh, yeah. through Mamma Mia with our friends. Um, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, it's gonna, the, the, the episode releases are going to slow down a little bit, but they're not going to disappear. Yeah. Uh, we're very thankful guys, for all of your support, uh, over the far course. too long. Yes, Alexander. Yeah. And Tom Hanks is never going to die. So we have an infinite well of content, uh, until someone Yoko Ono's us. I assume it will be my dog. My dog will eventually Yoko Ono us <laughs> away from Tom Hanks, but Tom Hanks is going to live forever, guys. Don't worry. You um, can take this to the bank. Tom Hanks, also, first immortal uh, man on the planet. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sort of assuming, Al, uh, uh, international, n- now that your uh, mother has been able to join you, and, and congratulations, obviously you had a very lovely time last week, but, you know, who gives a shit? Um, I assume you are planning on coming back to the UK around Christmas time, fingers crossed? No, I, I, Jamie, I told you, I told you, I've got, I'm flying for PR, which means I can't leave the country. I'm stuck Oh, yeah, fuck. I'm, I'm doing the opposite. I'm bringing all my family across to Canada. Now, you might think to yourself, all the way to Vancouver, that seems like a really long way to come for Christmas. It is, Jamie. So we're staying at Alyssa's dad's house in Toronto, <laughs> where none of us live. <laughs> Alyssa's dad is off in Florida and said we could use the house. That's very kind. Oh, that's this very the kind. Best triangulation point for Christmas. I am back next year. I promise okay. you, I'm back. But here's what I'm gonna do. I mean, I I'm was just uh, my main like hope a was shadow in the night, <laughs> at the least convenient time for you. Um, I was just hoping we'd do an in-person Christmas episode uh, and do Pearl Express again. Um, yeah, but Jamie, here's the thing: even if the podcast stopped, I would have made it a commandment that we ditched the Pearl Express. Every year. <laughs> uh, 
Um, of course, absolutely. So you can you can expect that. You can expect an in-person episode, uh, fingers crossed, sometime next year. Uh, maybe we'll finally do my stupid idea for a live episode, which is we don't have enough fans, so we just get my three mates and just sit them in the living room while we record. Um, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, all of that to say that we are not going away, but we won't be in your ear holes quite as regularly. Uh, unless you all kick up a stink and scream that we should be doing two episodes a week, uh, and then we'll ignore you. Um, so, uh, big announcement out of the way, uh, and, you know, alien stuff, we'll tell you what's going on with them um, in the final, uh, well, final-ish uh, episode um, in a couple of weeks' time. Let's dive into uh, this week's film. Uh, rolled uh, the adapt the, the 2020 2020 2021. When did this come out? This came out in 2020. 2020. Now, last year, this um, was meant to come out yes. in cinemas, but was uh, one of the first casualties to HBO Max's. Yes. Uh, um, and before we're not for not that I've not. Oh my god, I've run out. Of, I, I've done too much speaking and I've run out of words to yeah. use. But I'm going to do a little bit more speaking uh, just before we get into uh, the film context itself. Uh, we should say. Uh, that this film has received quite a lot of criticism from disabled rights activists uh, for its depiction of limb differences as being, uh, you know, wrong or bad or scary, and that Anne Hathaway's character is uh, offensive. I think anyone who has watched this film uh, yeah. would fully agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. It's, here's the it's issue. not good. If, if you actually, so the uh, condition which is meant to look like, it, not meant to look like, but ends up looking like, I don't know if it was meant to look like that, is pronounced... I believe it's called a, uh, in, in layman terms, I believe it's called a cleft hand. Right. Uh, and then in medical terms, it's called uh, extradactylian. Uh, yes. I can that, speak that Greek, word. but I can't. Uh, that I word. Just speak Greek. Um, yes. Um, and so, yeah, it received lots of and criticisms. And it looks way too close to that. Like, yes. Um, as uh, in, just to briefly speak yep. on it, I think we can all agree, guys. Uh, maybe let's just stop having villains be disabled. You know? Yeah, like, yeah you know, that would be really good. Le Chiffre Crying um, Blood was cool. Don't get me wrong. That was a cool one. We can keep that. That's, that's the, <laughs> the cool package. But the more specific we get with weird disfigurements uh, or being otherwise abled, uh, the more uncomfortable it gets. And you yes. know what? Uh, so far, at least as far as I'm aware, not that many, you know, genocides committed by disabled people. Although, like, no. Yeah, so, you know. Um, yeah, uh, we should also say that the the Warner Brothers, the people who produced it, did come out and apologise, as did Anne Hathaway. Um, but we're not going to go into much more detail on that as we go through. Uh, if you do, well, mostly because there are people who are much more uh, knowledgeable and much more, better authorities on this. If you do wish to read more about it, uh, Lauren Applebaum of Respectability uh, put out an article around the time of release about why uh, it is quite so uh, damaging and hurtful. Uh, we we will criticise this film for many other reasons, uh, but we uh, wanted to make... Will we, will we, Jamie? Oh, okay. Will we? Apparently, oh, apparently, I think we apparently have quite some differing opinions on this okay. one, right? Well, uh, on that, we will, we will... Yeah, we wanted to make sure that uh, that was very clear that these criticisms are out there and are very valid, uh, and even though we won't go mm. into much more detail yeah. about them as we go through, uh, we, of course, very much support uh, how shitty it is. Um, so, with yeah, that, Alexander, out the way, what can you tell me about 2020's The Witches. One of, yeah, like I said beforehand, obviously the reason you didn't see this is because it came out on HBO Max, which means if you're in the UK, it probably had a release on uh, Sky, uh, H Sky Atlantic or one of the equivalent box office things. 
uh, on Sky uh, in the in Canada. It eventually came out on Crave. Uh, you might remember HBO Max for being described by uh, uh, Christopher Nolan as the worst streaming service um, <laughs> when uh, when threatened to release his movies on uh, HBO Max. He replied, "Why would I want my my movies to be released?" In- not in cinemas, but instead on the worst streaming service, which I deeply appreciate. Um, it's uh, uh, so, of course, the movie was originally um, talked about being redone by Guillermo del Toro. There was, of course, the 1990s uh, adaptation of Roald Dahl's book. That's right, it is based on a Roald Dahl novel. Roald Dahl, your favorite author, who uh, you always wonder was he anti-Semitic? Was that a thing? Was, and, was that a thing? You have to look into it. You have to Google so, it. you got to Google, like, yes, who was Rose yeah, Bauer anti-Semitic? Yeah, and then I, the answer's like, eh. Um, <laughs> from what I read, uh, there is a direct quote of Roald Dahl saying, I'm an anti-Semite uh, that I read today. I, I've also read the defense of Roald Dahl, which was people just saying Roald Dahl hated all human beings and liked being provided. Uh, e- an equal opportunity uh, yes. shitbag. He's like the Very South nice. Park of Georgian's authors. <laughs> of course, just going out there. And saying terrible things. Um, no, he's he's um, he's a guy, all right. You know, different times, Jamie. Different times. By different times, <laughs> I mean the nineteen fifties. Very weird. Uh, you know, you can like his work and not necessarily like Roald Dahl himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you his... know what? If if even if he wasn't anti-Semitic, I think we can both agree this film and this book specifically really not fucking great for it. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I think they yeah. tried to move away from it in this adaptation. Yes, as it turns out, uh, movies or, or things about secret cabals of people uh, who are hiding stuff, uh, wearing hats, uh, trying to kill children, uh, might be slightly too similar to uh, the blood libel. Um, we, of course, also, uh, in terms of other stuff alongside that, uh, Del Toro kind of worked on it for 10 years. Originally, he wanted it to be uh, stop-motion uh, animation, um, I think they ended up hiring Zemeckis. Uh, this is not our first Zemeckis film, Jamie. How many Zemeckis movies can you remember? From- uh, we've done Polar Express, we've done Castaway, and we've done uh, 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 Forrest Gump, of course. Yes, exactly. Uh, but sadly, unlike Forrest Gump, there's no shrimp chain that came out of the witches. <laughs> uh, I'm really sad about that. Uh, so the movie was moved uh, in its setting. Uh, obviously, in the original book, it is set in England and Norway. I think it's set at like Brighton Supermare. Is where I remember it being set. Or Brighton set. Super. Do you mean what? Did you just combine the Western city of Brighton, Brighton and Western Superman? Western Superman. <laughs> Jamie, I've not been. I've not been for so long that sometimes I think of the word Edinburgh and then I have to think about that last spelling. I lived in Edinburgh for t- like twelve years of my life, but I still have to think about the spelling, which is very bad. But that might also be the England in me. Um, so of course, it's been moved in its setting to uh, Alabama. Um, yes, and 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 dear dear listeners, do you think that moving this movie to uh, post Jim Crow era Alabama and casting Octavia Spencer uh, will somehow be relevant? No, it won't. It's, it's very it, strange. I I think so. Uh, the script then had uh, Kenya Barris came in to uh, uh, do a rewrite. Kenya Barris, who's the uh, creator and writer, one of the writers on. Uh, blackish, mixed dish, uh, I believe on uh, the Netflix TV show. Uh, he created the Netflix and starred in the Netflix TV show uh, Black AF. Um, he, you know, they definitely, I I think they, so they obviously did it deliberately. 
There are yes. a couple things in which they touch around. They, it's a movie for kids, so like I, I guess to some extent, making it more explicitly about racism would be um, obviously fair. I, that would be a good thing to have for kids, but make it a very different movie. I think yeah. they, okay, there are some things where they talk on, like Stanley Tucci will come in and be like, "Oh, it's very lucky for a boy like you to get to stay in this hotel." Yes, yeah, and no. So, like so like, I, I will agree that. Yes, it has an it has a portrayal of black people living in shortly after uh, uh, Jim Crow era uh, Alabama. So the ways in which these characters are treated um, is accurate to that era. Um, is there any further messaging of that? Not really. I don't. I don't really understand. Like you say, it would be a very different movie, but it. I think this movie doesn't know what movie it is. It is um, stuck between like three different movies. I will. Uh, no, you are correct. I was gonna say that, like, in my head, I was like, <clears throat> when were the you were saying shortly after the Jim Crow uh, laws were re- repealed? And I'm like, when were they? I like, I know they were put in early. So I was like, okay, so it's da, 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 da. so basically, some of them were uh, had were some of them stopped being enforced after the Civil War. But the rest yeah. of them didn't end until the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. So that's, yeah. that's uh, Jamie. Good on your American history there. Yeah. Clearly you've been teaching some German kids about American history. Yeah. Why we're qualified, why we're qualified gonna, to talk about American history. How do you remember that? How do you re- yes, that is true. One time I was hired to teach a German kid about American history and specifically well racial done. segregation. And I don't know sure. why I felt, why, why, why someone else felt, I didn't feel this, uh, why someone else felt like I was uh, able to do that. But you know what? did my research did my reading hope i did an okay job generally taught them racism bad think that was the right one to get across well well done jamie you learned the lesson good uh you should have written this film um so uh we also are having having an all-star cast with uh anne hathaway as the grand high witch uh octavia spencer uh who plays uh february uh i believe the main character is played by uh jazir bruno which is great. They also have Stanley Tucci, Chris Rock, and Kristen Chenoweth uh, in this movie in various roles. So, you know, a big cast. Kristen right? Chenoweth was in this? Who the fuck yeah, is Kristen I Chenoweth in this movie? Instantly. Kristen Chenoweth plays one of the mice. Um, the oh, mice. she's... Oh, okay. That, Kristen okay. Chenoweth is playing At a child, I, Jamie. She's playing yeah. a child. The 60-year-old <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth is still playing a child. At least I didn't miss Kristen... I really... For a second there, I was like, I know I like didn't like this movie very much and maybe switched off at points, but did I just miss Kristen Chenoweth's face in this? Uh, but no, it was Kristen Chenoweth's voice. Which I, I, I will forgive myself slightly more for. Oh, God. Uh, oh, oh touch it. There's a sad story about the filming in which a crew member was stabbed in the neck with a Stanley knife. Uh, in, what the fuck? Warner Brothers Studios set in uh, Levenston. Uh, and then another crew member was convicted of wounding him with intent, which is a, a dark story. Christ. That's, that's Fuck a, it out. And, and, and you know what? You know what? <laughs> I would say if they matched that dark energy in the actual movie, we might have ended up with a better movie because this movie isn't particularly dark. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I here's, here's, we'll, we'll talk about Jamie. We're spoiling all our thoughts. Don't worry. So, of course, let's, <laughs> let's maybe talk about how this film... Uh, we're going to do our... Um, uh, we've got to link this to our season one yeah. erstwhile our erstwhile season one uh, star Thomas Jeffrey Hanks by virtue of the game Six Degrees of Separation uh, there is a very easy one it can be done in one mm-hmm. Alexander I will let you do it and then I've got a slightly more fun one that can be done in two Alexander it can be done in one uh, naturally Stanley Tucci uh, our lord and saviour 
uh, was uh, in the greatest Tom Hanks movie of all time, The Terminal. Yeah, I feel we should also review The Terminal once a year. I feel just oh. for prosperity, just once a year, go back and watch The Terminal. <laughs> but Al, I, I'm scared to go back and watch that movie. Because we watched that movie, A, I think after a run of a few bad movies of Tom Hanks. Secondly, we'd just gone into lockdown. And I've, I've, I spoke about it at the time, that it was just a perfect storm of a oh, yeah. joyous movie to watch at the time mm-hmm. and and i'm really worried i'm gonna go back and do watch you, it and be like oh this wasn't actually that fucking good do you feel that uh if i ever get married i should give out percy bags with just like dvd copies of the <laughs> <laughs> well i can help you out with that because i went to an airbnb that had not one not two but three dvd copies of the terminal Fantastic. Ones. so you i could just nip back there and nick those um uh, the uh, other more uh, interesting one I felt like doing was uh, Chris Rock uh, is obviously in this. Well, he narrates this. Um, uh, and he is also in Madagascar with David Schwimmer. And David Schwimmer is in Band of Brothers with Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Uh, so I thought, uh, you know, I always like to find different different routes, more exciting ones. Um, and so Caron with that... produced this, which I did not realise. Sorry, apologies. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I, I was... I was surprised to see his name on this as well. Um, uh, anyway, let's uh, dive straight into this. So, Alexander, it is your favourite part of the show. This movie begins, as all good films should, with an intuitive exposition dump. That's right, all right? You need to be explained what witches are and what they're going to do to you so you can understand the rest and of the of movie. And of course, Alexander, it opens on a brand new episode of Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah. <laughs> because Chris Rock is narrating over uh, the life of a younger version of Chris Rock. Um does that create uh, a certain tone that is very weird in comparison to the rest of the movie? Yes. Yes, I would say it does. Uh, and I recognize that, yes, of course, someone can play more things than one. But I think the the immediate <laughs> comparisons to Everybody Hates Chris really creates a strong vibe that, that what are you it just Jamie? makes me feel... Yeah. We are explained that there are these things out there called witches and they hate children. That a ch- yes. that squishing a children is like eating an ice cream sundae to you. I like this opening credit sequence. I think it's fun. Uh, it's a good yeah, way. Yeah, it's, of- it's um, as we later learn, it is Chris Rock's character giving a slideshow to, um, to a bunch of kids, uh, uh, teaching them about witches. Children. We'll explain yeah. why later. Uh, radicalizing uh, children to hate women, uh, as yeah. as some criticisms of this book have been levied. Guys. If women are wearing <laughs> hats and. Uh, Gloves, you know it's a good time yeah. to... And, and obviously in in 1960s Southern Alabama, it's really easy to tell the difference between a regular woman who's wearing gloves and a hat and a witch. Those things are really an easy identifiable one because, of course, no other women are wearing gloves uh, and hats. So uh, outside of that, of course... Uh, we then go into the... So that's that's our framing device. They're giving this presentation. We go inside the framing device. Jamie, I, I'm trying to remember if we have any other Anne movies with a framing device. Uh, oh, good question. Any other movies with a framing device? Uh, I mean, the closest I could give you is like maybe a Princess Diaries where the idea is that she's writing in the diary, but maybe I'm just oh, connecting yeah. the, the voiceover in that case. Um, I'm having a scroll through framing device. Uh, I mean, is, one is one day, I, what, is, is one serenity. day, the entire concept of one day is a framing device. device. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, correct. and Serenity, yeah, Serenity. Oh, I guess, kind of. Yeah, serenity, yeah. Yeah, serenity, oh, I guess, kind of. Kind of. Sure. <laughs> kind of. 
a fun game, guys. Think of how many framing devices you can name. Uh, <laughs> right. So, of course, we then... Uh, so it starts off with a fun tone, guys. What's even funner than witches trying to kill you? That's right. It's your parents dying on Christmas. Chris, <laughs> Young Chris Rock is taken out of the car. Uh, its parents died on Christmas. He's very sad. He's waiting down at the hospital. But, but again, we have Chris Rock's voice narrating this, and I'm <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris Rock. <laughs> I don't associate. I'm sure he's great in Fargo, but I I don't associate his narration with. I don't need fucking Marty from Madagascar being like, my parents are dead. It I... just it doesn't hit. I love the idea that Chris Rock is just in this room with you. You're this casting agent. You smoke his big fat cigar. You're just like, I'm sorry, Chris. You can't do tragedy. You can't do tragedy. It is too funny. You're naturally too hilarious. And he's like, but look, Steve Carell was in the Foxcatcher. I can do the witches. And he's like, nah, do the Book of Saw before you come back to me. Do Spiral. And then we'll, talk, then we'll see if you can do tragedy. Uh, uh, so yes his parents are dead uh, and so he must go and live with his grandmother uh, Octavia Spencer and we get a little thing of Octavia Spencer is uh, the the loving doting grandmother who's trying to <laughs> trying to go snap out of it kid oh, fucking dumbass in my, my favourite bit it's still Christmas and we can tell this because there's a Christmas tree up and she's like I'll go make you a plate of chicken she makes him a plate of chicken it looks real good um, and she goes, what's wrong with you? And again, his parents died four days ago. <laughs> so I think, I think we know what's wrong with like, him. Yeah, yeah, the death no, of his I've parents. got a real easy question answer. But anyway, um, she starts to, to pull him out of um, his shell, and eventually they go to a shop. Um, and uh, while uh, Octavia Spencer is shopping for something, um, uh, Lil Chris Rock. Uh, by the way, this character does not have a name in the movie. He's known. It's wait, 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 Alexander. Mm. I've just met. His name is Hero Boy, right? In the credits. I think so. It is Hero Boy. What the fuck? I Alexander. What is the net character name in another very famous Robert Zemeckis film, Shit. Polar Express? <laughs> what is Christmas the name? What is the name? No, it's Hero Boy. I believe it. I'm double checking this. I've only just made this connection. Um, I believe the the main character in the Polar Express is also known as Hero Boy. He is. What the fuck? That's really weird. Why has Robert Zemeckis made two different films where he's just named the main character Hero Boy? Or, even wilder, Alexander, is Chris Rock in this film also Tom Hanks in Polar Express? Is that the Robert Zemeckis canon that we are being led to believe? They're both based oh, around both Christmas. Christmas. This they is just an old universe, Polar Express. This is just an old He got off the Polar Express and then Santa killed his parents. Parents, holy crap! What? The oh hell? my god! Oh, this is I, I'm so delighted that I. Oh that. man! Um, we anyway. we are seeing. We got to interview. We got to interview. That's what we'll do for the podcast. We're gonna try and interview Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. And the people. only question we're gonna repeat over and over is: Why did you give two characters the name Hero Boy? Anyway, yeah. Hero Boy is. Um, he wants to buy some nails for some fucking reason, so he goes to the He's back. He's gonna make a little house for his mouse. He's got. You missed out the a core plot point, Jamie, in your attempt for brevity. He has a mouse. He has a mouse. This mouse is important. This mouse is important because it's a new character that's introduced to the movie, I think, yeah. in some ways to try and stop the the accusations of um, misogyny that this movie sometimes get. They made one of the children a girl instead. Um, 
Anyway, he has a mouse. Uh, that's a bit of a spoiler, but whatever. Um, yeah, uh, all right. And, he, uh, he's he's yeah, going to make a house. It's a spoiler, guys. Sorry, come on, calm down. You don't know when every movie you go into, you go, ooh, I'm excited to see whether or not it's misogynistic. Um, um, he, and he comes across uh, a lady, and, and she's wearing gloves and a hat. And she speaks to him very weirdly, going, hello, boy. She does sound a little bit like uh, Lupita Nyong'o in Us. Uh, uh, I have not ten. seen that movie, but yes, <laughs> sure, doing, I agree with she's you. She's doing a very like, I know I am talking like this, which is the Lupita Nyong'o voice in us. Uh, there you go. It's, um, it's scary, Jamie. It's yes. scary. She's it, offering candy. Is it's it? scary. Sure. I'm sure it is if you're a child. Okay. Yeah, it's scary. <laughs> you're not a it's... child. You're afraid of big grown-up things, like having to go into a room and talk to strangers, all right? That's, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, Octavia Spencer calls for him, um, and this uh, witch, unsurprisingly, um, disappears. Um, he goes home and tells Octavia Spencer about it, and Octavia Spencer goes, Ah, oh, you know what? <laughs> this makes sense, because <laughs> I've met witches before. I grew up in an undefined commune, which... Communes, the wrong word. Commune. Community. Community. Yeah. I don't know why I stopped that word. Commune is a different thing. Uh, an undefined community that we're not going to delve into, but apparently witches were a real common part of this community. Um, I'm not saying we're not going to. I'm saying the movie does not delve into it. I need to be clear. It's, it's, not, the, it's not that the... It's, uh, anyway. Um, uh, so she tells him a story about how when she was younger, uh, a witch turned one of her best friends into a chicken. Um, and then everyone ate it. Yes. And uh, family and so, ate the chicken. Yeah. Uh, so Octavia Spencer, uh, who also inexplicably uh, is, we now learn, uh, I believe, I, I don't want to use the wrong term in case it's offensive, but yeah. I believe they use the term voodoo priestess, correct? No, so yeah, yeah. The, the movie does. He, he says, <laughs> oh, my mum used to say she was a healer, uh, but, uh, you know, I was seeing her do this and I thought, oh no, she's a full on voodoo priestess. Yes. Um, now, dear listeners, will this come up again? <laughs> Let's find out. No, it literally. I mean, I'll give kind you of. kind of. I'll give kind you kind of. of. She knows it's, how to do some cool stuff. It's 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 writing checks that it does not cash at this point yeah, in the movie. I will say that. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he learns that she's a voodoo priestess, and she's also like, "Oh, why am I telling you all these stories? You've just told me there's a witch here. We gotta hightail it." So but they go oops. to um, they go to a hotel. Um, uh, and at this point, we racist. get. Yes, yeah, we get we get some vague allusions to uh, the societal uh, oppressions that she would have been living under because a bunch of the uh, people at this hotel are very surprised uh, that a black lady in the South at this time yeah. could afford to uh, stay at this hotel. And all um, the people working here are... All, all also the all black. public face of people working here are black. Yes. Um, uh, and Stanley Tucci is there, uh, criminally underused in this movie. Uh, he's in like, two scenes. Every movie, Jamie, of even course. the terminal. That was my one problem with the terminal. <laughs> Could have done more with the chooch. Um, but anyway, he um, he says, yep, yeah, come on in. And now they're trying to get away from the witches. And so they've gone to a hotel. But, oh, no, the witch convention is at the hotel this weekend. Oh, jeez. And so 25 <laughs> minutes into this movie. <laughs> Oh, it's almost like it's based on a children's story. I know. Oh, I'm not Jamie I'm would not like making three fun sections of... where the witches hunt them down and then decide I'm to host it. Crit- 
I'm not criticising it, Al. I was just doing a bit. Um, uh, so 25 minutes in, Anne Hathaway and all of her uh, witch friends are introduced. Uh, Anne Hathaway has Joker scars on her face uh, and is speaking in, as I referenced earlier, um, a very undefined accent. It's kind of German, kind of Eastern European, it's, sometimes Scottish and sometimes Norwegian. It's Norwegian by way of Russia, I feel. Um, it, it, but it changed. I will. I would argue it. No, no, no. It changed. No, it changed. Some words are very Norwegian. Some words aren't. I can't tell if it's a case that they recorded it on set in one accent and decided in post to do another, which I think might be what it is. <laughs> that would um, be hilarious. If you uh, so so uh, a little thing behind the scenes here. Um, my my brother was on a show called Am I High. He did a one episode uh, guest star on Am I High, where he played a. Uh, I believe was meant to play a, a count of a uh, fictional European country. And I think it was on set. They wanted it. They started off in the first few episodes and they were like, we want you to do like a, I think like a German accent or something like that. And then halfway through, they decided they wanted him to do a South African accent. <laughs> and so they had to go in afterwards and ADR all his stuff again in this South African accent, which just really pissed him off because I had to take him to the ADR place to record and I'm just sitting and read a book all day. And he'd be so grumpy, and he had to work with a dialect coach. And that is what I think is happening here with Anne Hathaway. It's like she was told on set to do a Norwegian accent. And they went afterwards and went, Oh, no, we really, really should have done it in that Russian accent. And then they've ended up with this mess of a, a mess of a voice thing. I, this is why I, I knew none of this. Sorry, I'm just looking at a photo of uh, of your brother uh, in, in that TV show. Rough Barnet, gotta be honest. Uh, they should have given him a be- better haircut. Um, anyway, uh, I think it was wild. just his haircut at the time, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I will criticize that that teenage boy for a shit haircut. Cool. <laughs> I don't Jamie, give a shit. We're gonna cancel you, right? All right. The last <laughs> line, the, the last line in a modern society is, is uh, criticizing teenage boys. It's criticizing your younger brothers. Notoriously uh, great haircuts. Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, the witch convention turns up. Um, Stanley Tucci is like, uh, "You can't keep pets here, lads." And Anne Hathaway's like, Haha, "Good joke. Um, I'm going to keep my cat here." Also, what if like everyone turned into mice? And then he's like, "That's weirdly specific." And she's like, "Didn't mean anything by it." It's, anyway. it's also really weird because she's just like standing on a soundstage uh, because all of the uh, set has just been chewed right through. Uh, she's all the furniture. <laughs> oh scenery, yeah, she's just been oh, right she through, is, and it's weird. She like, is, where's it going from? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she is uh, demolishing the scenery uh, in this entire movie. Um, potentially for good and for bad. I think we might disagree on those things. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> Hero Boy uh, meets a young fat posh english boy um i'm not characterizing the boy as this this is distinctly what the movie would like to characterize him in especially the fat part and it feels like a little i like i get that it's very much i it like it is a defining feature of the character in the book don't know whether it needed to remain as a defining feature of the character is the thing you could do the hungry thing and just make and just do he's hungry all the time. I think that would be less bad than just like everyone's repeatedly calling him fat. Yeah, um, just just bullying this fucking child. Yeah. I do wish this to, to the extent by... that spoiler guys, these guys are going to turn into a mice in a little bit, and even the mouse he turns into is a fat mouse, and it just feels really unnecessary. Um, anyway, yeah, that, he meets uh... he meets this boy. 
He was played by the kid from uh, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. That kid's great. Um, 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 so, yeah. Uh, meets this boy. We sort of vaguely learn uh, that this boy is going to be... Um, Give him oh, some he, he's, he, he, Pardon? He's going to get some chocolate. He's yes, he's going to get some chocolate. chocolate. He's, been, he's been promised some chocolate. Um, and his parents are also uh, quite neglectful, as we learn. Um, then, for some reason, uh, Hero Boy crawls into a grate. I think is it because it mouse his mouse goes in there or something? No. So the grate the 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 grate just falls off. He goes and is like, "Oh look, you can get into this grate." He closes it back up. At this point, <laughs> the witches come in and reveal really themselves. Like, I really like that as a child logic. Grate falls open. Well. Guess I'm going in that fucking grate then. He doesn't even go in. <laughs> what he else just, am I... he, at this point, he doesn't go in. He closes it off. He goes underneath uh, a kind of um, a stage, uh, sort of thing. A stage where the witches then reveal themselves and their plan. And we, we can sum this up quickly. They reveal themselves by taking up their hats. They're all bold. And Anne Hathaway has a lot of scabs ooh, and like ooh, worms coming out of her head, which is a bit terrifying. Uh, they yep. take off their shoes and reveal one very long, like, bird-like One claw. very long toe. And they took off their gloves and, as we've said, uh, reveal their limb differences. Sure. Um, I would like to say at this point, um, I I completely understand that they wish to move away uh, from the anti-Semitic depiction of the witches in the 1990 movie. I understand they needed to move away from those things. But... A, there's obviously the the limb differences which are offensive, but they are also not scary. I do not find I disagree these with that. witches. I, really, I, I do not I, find these witches I, scary. I, here's the thing: I don't think the claws are scary. I do think the scab on the head with the maggot coming out of it is quite graphic. It's, it's, and little, I think it's, the, it's pretty gross. I think I'll the mouth is. I think the mouth is scary in the way. And here's here's the barometer for ch- children's scariness. All right, Jamie. Uh, yeah, the uh, I think it's the un- the forgotten child, the unseen child from Doctor Who, uh, back when we were kids, the, the gas mask kid Doctor Who character. Yep, who was quite terrifying as a child, not yes. so terrifying as an adult. Uh, still kind of terrifying, you know. They, I I still would be scared of a, a child walked around going, "Are you my mummy?" I think this is Doctor Who ballpark scary. So it is <sighs> it is of that so, tone. Yes, but. Doctor Who builds tension and a threatening aura that I do not believe this movie, nor, I'm sorry to say, Anne Hathaway does. Uh, Because, as you say, Anne Hathaway is just demolishing the scenery and no one else is. So she comes across as quite cartoony to me. Whereas, uh, and I'm forgetting uh, the actress's name. Uh, Is Ursula Van Outen? Is that her name? Uh, what's what? Who played the original Grand Witch? Why can't I think of Angelica this name? Uh, yes, thank you, Angelica Houston. Um, is legitimately terrifying uh, in that movie uh, because of this like threatening, menacing aura that she carries. Uh, whereas in this, for me, Anne Hathaway just comes off as really cartoony with her. I would say completely overdone both in the fact that it's a bad accent and the fact that the vague non-specific Eastern European accent thing has just been That's, done so a billion times before. Interesting. Um, I will say the the general consensus of the reviews was that this movie is too scary for kids, uh, but too silly for adults. Um, so I think it, I I think it might be the silliness that is putting you off and making yes. you feel the scariness isn't too scary. I do think some of these things would be scary. I think the target audience is probably 
8 to 12. And I think for some of those kids, that kid's age, I think it would be too scary. Yes. We then have this and and actually, I, I would agree with that. But in in a way that is just like, it's very Guillermo del Toro. He's, yeah, he's yeah. got his, he's got his hands all over this. And, and so like in, in a few scenes time, we're going to have a bit where, um, Anne Hathaway's arms, like all yes. stretch like out into and, the, yeah. and break into different parts and look like they've got like nine different, um, joints in them. And that's really fucking creepy, but it's inconsistent. I think that's what I would say. A lot of this movie is inconsistent in tone uh, and the level of scariness in different departments is very inconsistent. I find Anne Hathaway herself really cartoony, over the top, don't think she's that scary. Then she has a fucking venom mouth that's like really fucking weird and gross. And so the dichotomy of those two things really doesn't work for me. Um... But let's let's so the witches are having their conference, as you say, they're going to they're going to poison all the kids in the world and turn them into mice. Um, uh, Anne Hathaway is fucking flying around the room, uh, tiptoeing around going, look at how evil I am. Look at all my little friends. Um, and then the um, posh boy from earlier uh, is demanding his chocolate. He's banging on the door. So he comes in. They're like, oh, yes, come, little boy. And then he explodes. He turns into a little mouse, like I say, an unnecessarily fat mouse, um, and uh, <laughs> he's just a little poorly this mouse. All right, he's not like he's not you know five times the size of a normal mouse. He's just yeah, you know, um, a little tummy. Uh, um, but yeah, so then um, the witches are like, yeah, we've got one. Uh, they then sniff out um, uh, Hero Boy, and as I say, extends out her arms, pull him out of the the grate in a creepy Guillermo del Toro esque scene. Um, and uh, they force feed him poison and he turns into a mouse as well, uh, at which point um, uh, Hero Boy's little mouse friend uh, comes and saves them. In terms um, of speak. Yes, yes. Now, Alexander. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> talking mice. Witches are one thing, but talking mice, no. that's my life. So we've, we've got the little, the little girl mouse who reveals at this point that she was turned into a mouse Many, many years ago by witches. Yeah. I don't think many weeks. I think like four years ago. Okay, four years ago. So she has had, she has been able to speak this entire time. Now, fine. I get it. You're a little mouse. When's the right time to bring it up that you can speak? But I would argue at least one of the times that would have been a very obvious time to do it was when your owner and his grandmother were talking about witches like yeah. three days ago. That might have been a convenient time rather than waiting for the specific time where you get to save him from being killed by a witch. Um, anyway, uh, so they, they all do their, their howdy do's hellos. Um, dear listeners, would you believe that we are almost an hour into this movie? This I movie. Think- yep. I think we can power through. It's, no, it's, no, no. I know no, that's fine. It's, it's I, a lot. I, I just no. I just don't. I don't feel like an hour's worth of shit has happened. Oh, I, this I movie's feel really the, weirdly paced. I, I sort of. I don't know. I, I think it's a difficult film to act. One's gonna be there a wit. Like the question is like, where do you put the at the end of Act One? Like Act One is probably gonna be like he finds you know all the setup. Da 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 da. There are witches. You get to the hotel. And then Act Two yeah. is the hotel, and then Act Three is killing the witches. Um, 
So he then goes to, uh, they then escape. They then go to the grandma. The grandma's like, ah, mice. And the, uh, a maid sees the mice as well. And they're like, we've been attacked by the mice. So the grandma goes, you got to get that potion. And then we can uh, reverse engineer that potion. And they go, cool. So they go to steal the potion, which they do successfully. However, when they try and uh, transmogrify it into something uh, more helpful, uh, it comes up with a dud. Um, it's like in Breath of the Wild, where you put all the kind of little ingredients in the little <laughs> bowl, and it goes, do, 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 and then uh, Link's very sad. Uh, they're all very sad. They're not going to be able to turn back. They are stuck as mice forever. Oh, no. Um, so they decide instead to cause retribution upon these witches. Yeah. Uh, they go and steal um, some more of the potion, which they're going to pour into the split pea soup that Anne Hathaway has ordered for the uh the, the other witches uh but without any garlic that's right they have explicitly chosen to have no garlic in their uh soup added against the wishes of the uh chefs uh they pour it into the soup uh yep. then good soup um they then go to uh the uh, i know octavia spencer then goes to uh have dinner to watch these uh witches get turned into uh mice uh she's stopped by stanley tucci who again is kind of accusing her of having mice on her in a, you know in what i think the film's depiction of racism i think is meant to show kids the like again fairly unspoken and i think maybe and it's not even a theme it's not really a theme I think, no that, other than maybe there's a theme that like about super no actually there is a theme which is superficiality mm. is that like the witches look like pretty people but actually underneath they're all monsters and uh, the mice, they, you know, the children, they look like mice, but they're still children, really. They're still, uh, and Octavia Spencer and the boy before he gets turned into a mouse, um, they are both uh, black people, but they get treated poorly because of the color of their skin. They are, yeah. they are othered by their character. So I guess it does fit in thematically. It just isn't its own theme. Which yes, maybe and it's it not hugely been. explored. It has no. a couple of moments, yeah. uh, but it plays into a bigger explored. theme. And yeah. to be honest, it's probably uh, the more interesting theme than the other ones. And I wanted more time on it. Yes, um, I agree. They, um, so it, the the yeah, uh, and Hathaway specifically cat yes about about to eat the good soup, um, but catches uh, Octavia Spencer's eye um, and and wanders over to her, um, and while she's uh, dressing her down. Uh, all of the witches start to turn into rats. It's a weird specific. I like. I get what they're going for, but for but and it's mystical and magical, so whatever. But all the witches turn into rats, and all the children turn into mice, and the, it doesn't really make sense. Rats aren't adult mice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because they're That's... evil. They're, rats are evil mice, Jamie. We all I, know yeah, this. Yeah. I, on the D&D moral alignment I mean, charts, sure. all right, mice are lawful are lawful good and rats <laughs> are chaotic evil. And so you go to where okay. you are. And they, and they are chaotic evil because the one thing I liked in this movie happened in this scene, which is as they're turning to rats, one of them is on a table, just grabs a knife and just stabs a wine glass. And it shatters. And it's just out of nowhere. Really made me laugh. I don't know whether it was supposed to be funny, but the image of a rat just going, Oh, I'm a rat now. I guess I'm just fucking angry. And just swinging a knife. <laughs> like, um, what does that do? Why are they breaking the wine glass? <laughs> what is the aim? Anyway, um, the so all of the rats. steal the yeah. keys. 
they go up to uh, room, to 666, room 666, which, as my family talked about last night, uh, means there are quite a lot of hotel rooms on this in this hotel. <laughs> it's made explicit that room 766 is, on, is only on floor four. So it's, they have a window system, but room 60, like 100 rooms on our floor. There's a lot of rooms for a hotel. This is a huge hotel. Um, yeah. They then go to the room. They're trying to find more of this potion. They find the potion. They also find a stack of money and a book, which contains the name of all the witches in the world. Yes. And the address. Um, yes. It's basically the plot of uh, a Skyfall. Uh, they, they've lost <laughs> that or Mission Impossible 3. They've got the kill list, whatever it is. Yeah, Um, but obviously Anne Hathaway didn't eat the good soup, Um, and so she uh, yes, very bad soup to be fair. Um, uh, So she rocks up, uh, and you know, could kill Octavia Spencer very easily. She is sneak. She she even takes off her shoes in order to sneak, and then reveals herself by just grabbing the bed frame and yeeting it to the side, being like, "Hello." I'm look, like, look, she goes, that, look what was what the point of the do. sneaking? It's it's a quote it, in a brilliant quote from a Taylor Swift song. She obviously goes, look what you made me do. Yes, look what you made me do. Which, again, what you made, what they made you do was throw a bed frame. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, uh, we get a triumphant moment where um, uh, right as uh, she is about to launch herself at Octavia Spencer, um, using one of the mouse traps. Um, the hero boy sort of flings himself um, through the air and chucks a potion down her uh, throat and she turns into a real gross rat. It kind of looks like the werewolf that Sirius Black turns into um, It's it uh, and chases um, her um, them down. We get a little Jamie, action Sirius, sequence. Sirius Black does not turn into a werewolf. Sirius Black is an animagus who turns into a big black dog. It is Remus Lupin oh, who turns into it the is werewolf. Remus Lupin. Honestly, Jamie. Fuck, you are correct. Jamie, uh, I have all this knowledge about Harry Potter that is not socially acceptable to know about because the author's <laughs> trash. Um, and so we get a little action sequence of the rat chasing um, the mice uh, through a bunch of uh, traps. And eventually uh, Octavia Spencer traps the rat under a glass dome uh, and then sets the cat on the rat and uh, said uh, rat is then dead. Um so it is at this point where we should discuss the ending of this movie because it diverges from the 1990 uh, ending of the movie, but in doing so, reverts itself back to the book ending. In yeah. the 19 in the book, uh, the children don't turn back; they remain as mice forever. It's a darker ending. Roald Dahl sometimes has dark endings to his books. Um, Roald Dahl pretty much always has dark. Like most yes. of the books have pretty dark endings. He's a he's yes. A very um, so in the 1990 movie, they were like. Ah, that's a little bit dark for a kids movie. So we're going to make a happy ending instead where they get to turn back into kids. And this movie, they were like, no, we're going to go back to the dark ending. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to somehow make the dark ending even happier than the other ending. So they go to the dark ending of keeping them as mice. But then the tone of this movie shifts back to everybody hates Chris. Um, And suddenly everything is great for the mice. They're like, yeah, we're not turning back, but we love our time as mice. They create a roller coaster uh, for the mice. They start dancing to We Are Family, which is really weird um and then we cut and then we get like shots oh, of no. and it's made yeah. explicit that the children will die in about eight years nine years maybe 
Right, so, yeah, so he's but, like, that's good, because that means I'll die at the same time as you, Grandma. Just what every child wants to die <laughs> in unison with their grandmother. Yes, but again, that is not treated as bad. It's like, yeah, woo, we are yeah. family. Eight years talking, as much is good enough for me. Talking to my mum about this, uh, Octavia Spencer, in this her character, has a very like Lutheran, predetermined, uh, like Christian belief, which is that... It's okay because it is what God wills it, rather than, yeah. like, a more Catholic view, which would be like, oh, no, we fucked up. Like, God, like, it's it's our sin that has made us fuck up. This isn't necessarily all okay <laughs> just because God wanted it to be this way. Yeah. Like, why uh, would God want to turn your son, your your daughter's son into a mouse after murdering her, his parents? That's a weird, confusing thing to put on God, all right? Yeah. Um, um, we also get, like, a final slideshow of their adventures around the world hunting um uh witches and it's like have a mice they're like sending christmas cards and shit that say have a mice christmas it's really weird we then get the credits but over the credits we get go back and it's chris rock delivering his um <laughs> very, very totally weird um hunt down all the witches speech at the end um uh, which is like you have all the powers we've got the book of names let's hunt them down which like i get that they're witches but i guess you can kind of kind of see why some people have issues with Roald Dahl and his books um uh uh so yeah and then we we get uh, the very ending um which is that, uh, yeah, he, he's sending his army of children across the country uh, to murder all the witches. He's not aged up in the course of like six years. Yes, Chris Rock. yes. Because he's, he's now, uh, he's, now Chris, he's now Chris Rock mice, mouse. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's talk about this film because I feel like we have very different opinions. Um, I uh, When we talk about these films, we talk about them in uh, four different uh, categories. Um, that is, of course, the film itself out of five, Anne Hathaway's performance out of five, the America's Sweetheartometer, how much America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film, uh, the Anne's Man's List, although that is where we are ranking all of Anne Hathaway's love interests. Anne Hathaway does not have a love interest. Uh, Anne Hathaway does not she have She has some love sexual interest. chemistry with Stanley Zuchy no, in this league of five. Ow, I won't have it. I won't have it. I, she does not have a love she has tension with Octavia Spencer fuck you um, and then the, the Hathaway stash away uh, is this film going to galvanize humanity's fight back against the aliens um, so uh, yeah I, I already talked about uh, it, in general I feel like this movie is very tonally inconsistent uh, you, you have everybody hates Chris uh, Chris Rock narrations which really does just pull me out of it um, sorry, Chris Rock. You just, you can't narrate shit. I'm sorry. You've 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 done that in one specific thing, and that is the thing in which you I will associate your narration with. Um, then we have the active decision to move this uh, setting to like 1960s Alabama and recast the two main characters as black. If you make that decision, I feel like it has to have some reason for doing so. And for me. There is, I, I don't see very much reason for doing so. It doesn't have, as you say, an overarching theme tied to that that is particularly interesting or relevant. So I don't understand why they did it. And it's, and you spend the whole time going, well, why did they do this? Um, then there is the scariness of the movie, which is in some parts really goofy and over the top and i'll get into that in my talking about Anne Hathaway's performance uh, and in other parts really fucking pan's labyrinth-esque like arms reaching out with 19 different um 
joints in them. So throughout, I don't know what this movie wanted to be. Did it want Mm. to be a whimsical roll doll adventure with stuff that's kind of scary for kids, but not that scary? Or did it want to be an out and out fucking Lovecraftian horror movie. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think the movie makes that up. Or does it want to be a movie about social commentary? Uh, sure. And I don't yeah, think yeah, the movie yeah. makes a decision on any of those things. I here's, So on, on some of those things, I'll say this. I, Roald Dahl's books, uh, for all their flaws of which they are a product of their time and their creator, um, I think are fantastic. They are like they, you know, acknowledge where they they are imperfect, but they are in structure, in content. Other than you know, they are brilliant stories. They're very imaginative. And, yeah. And part of the appeal of Roldal's books is that they are very dark. Like they are not. Yeah. Um, they are like they are very much in the vein of a Hans Christian Andersen uh, children's story than a lot of the other stuff you get given as kids. And I think that's good because I think I think the the thing is a bit like his actual adult uh, short stories too, like. He is an author who uh, sees darkness in the world and doesn't want to lie to kids about it. Yeah, and has, so there are aspects of that, especially that the witches is a dark one. You know, it ends with the it's about ch- people hating children, and uh, you know, in yeah. metaphor generally about like the wariness of don't you know stay away from strangers. Basically, like if yeah. a strange person offers you candy, don't go near them. Is the kind of theme of that because like there are people out there who will harm children is yeah. a thing and it's not like the other Roald Dahl books where often the harm is like um, secondary not secondary but like uh, unintentional or whatever it's like no there's a group of people out there looking to harm kids um, and that's not a bad thing for kids to know about like people don't like talking mm-hmm. about the dangers there is for being a child but children do get hurt and I, I'm interested in that I also think the body horror because it is body horror there's a lot of body horror in um Dull books. They are often played for, like, they they kind of played totally odd. You know, in the way of like, um, Veruca Salt's getting turned into a giant, uh, like uh, Blueberry or Augustus Gloop. Does Augustus Gloop just drown? No, he doesn't drown. He like gets sucked into the chocolate river pipe and gets yeah. ejected out of the thing. Um, or things like that. Like, uh, there, and then, of course, these... when uh, the BFG just turns out to be a raging alcoholic. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. really dark. Or, or, or George's Marvelous Medicine, which, which is all about body, not body horror, but well, like body horror in a way, right? Like it's your, your granny becoming giant, your granny becoming tiny, your granny kind of changing. And I think all that's interesting. What I think, I'm very interested because I know Netflix has recently bought the entirety of the uh, Dahl Estate. So they'll be making a load of these things in years to come. Um, I am interested because I th- I think it's hard to direct. There was only one Dahl movie, which I think really nails it. I think it's Devito's Matilda is uh, mm-hmm. fantastic, and I think it's a touchstone for a lot of people. It does it does sand off a lot of the hard edges. The the actual better version of Matilda still I think is the um, stage uh, adaptation for the musical. I think yep. the the Tim Minchin's uh, Matilda is uh, a really perfect adaptation because it gets what this film and this film understands this. It gets that the appeal of uh, Dahl's work is his writing, uh, even more so than his plot and characters, and it really puts yeah. an emphasis on language and on that. This film kind of gets that. That's why it has the narrator. That's why it kind of inc- uh, incorporates those things back in. It does get the whole, you know, the great thing about Dahl is that his writing. But I think the issue is that 
older directors, because the, the last two uh, Dahl adaptations have been this and the BFG, so Spielberg and the BFG and uh, Zemeckis on this, I think tend to move towards the overly sentimental where the books are not sentimental. So they, it's it, there's a lot of rose-colored glasses. There's a lot of like, oh, you know, they are focused on childhood, whereas yeah. really the books and Dahl's writing is about the, the way in which childhood interacts with and perceives darkness and death yeah. and stuff. And so I, for you, me, you, the f- you know what it is, Al. Yeah. You know what it is. Very yeah. fucking American, and we oh, yeah, know, yeah, and, and of yeah. course we know what, of course. what Americans of course. are like. Look, uh, <laughs> We've talked about happened? this. We've got the America Sweet Artometer. Yeah. We have our finger on the pulse of American exactly, culture, exactly. and that's Jamie, what this Jamie, is. Jamie. It's fucking what, American. What have Americans given us? You know, other than like Maya Angelou, right? You know, I mean, it's <laughs> like Maya Angelou, Allen Ginsberg, uh, the Electric. You know, the 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 production line. Uh, I mean, what else? I mean, you know. Yeah, can't can't even name them. What is this, all right? They can't do a Roald Dahl book, all right? You know, leave it to the French, all right? If we want, we want someone to direct a movie, all right? We know who does it all best. It's the French. Or maybe maybe George Clooney. We'll let you have, oh, we'll we'll George, let you George, have George, fantastic George Mr. Fox. Stay, all right, George Clooney can say. <laughs> and of course, Tom Hanks, he can also say. And, uh, <laughs> and Hathaway, I don't know. <laughs> it's still out. The, the horse is still yeah, out. Yeah, Jerry's still out. out. Right, so of course, uh, we're then going to move to uh, our ratings for this. So, Jamie, how are you going to yeah. rate? Um, so, yeah, I, I think the, the tonal inconsistencies made this just distinctly not enjoyable for me. Um, I thought the the actual scary parts... I agree. I, I, I think I potentially expressed myself poorly earlier. The actual scary parts, I do think are actually scary, but in a way that I don't think works for the movie, because I think, like oh the fuck <laughs> like a kid's not gonna enjoy it like i think a kid can enjoy getting scared and i don't think this is a movie that does that i think it is too much uh uh by the way of um uh trying to uh, scare children through um stuff that we've already mentioned um and then other parts of it are not scary at all and it's not threatening i think that's the thing that i've read the book i know i can't read but i used to be able to read um and and the book feels very threatening and none of these witches particularly felt threatening to me um so i'm gonna give it a 1.9 i uh, actually wait no i gave Oh, I gave that hit record thing a 1.9 as well. And of course, we know that I go to 10th so that I can <laughs> just course. rank these. Um, do I think... I think this was worse than that. I'm going to go 1.8. Um, Jesus. Alexander, what are yeah, you going to give it? I'm going to give it a 2. Um, I, I, here's my thing. There are things I like about it, which I didn't get a chance to say. I like the production design. I like the way it's shot. I I think in times, it's like you know the period details are really good. I like, save for the obvious reason, I like the creature design. Um, I think they could have just salvaged that by just giving them cat claws like they're on the book rather than what they decided to try something different and then made a big, big mistake. Yeah. But other than that, I like the creature design. Um, I I think it's, I think the most of the flaws for me come down to direction. Um, like yeah, I, I would agree I with that. I think Zemeckis as a director hasn't made a good movie in a while and I has become a bit too interested in the toys of filmmaking more so than the characters and that's a shame. Um let's 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 do it Al. Let's have a little look at uh, Robert Zemeckis uh and his his history recently. Um so since Cast Away uh in 2000 which I think we can generally say good movie. Uh we then have The Polar Express in 2004. 
uh, Beowulf in 2007, famously terrible. Uh, we have the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol in 2009. Um, we then have Flight in 2012. You know, that's a generally well-liked movie. Um, we then have The Walk um, in uh, 2015. We have Allied with uh, Brad Pitt and Marion Cotillard in uh, 2016. We have Malcolm Malcolm to Warwin. Uh, Welcome to Marwin, oh. a Christmas movie with Steve Carell that I have never heard no, of. I don't know if it's a Christmas movie, but it's um, it's definitely a movie in which Steve Carell, uh, I think, gets like assaulted and then like abreacts his like stuff with a bunch of dolls. And it's based on a true story, so I don't I like I don't want to make too much from this guy, but takes photos of it. But they're like idealized versions of him, so it has like. Judy Greer playing a weirdly sexualized doll version of herself, and it's weird. Um, the, the trailer uh, for I, it looks I, odd. I, I say Christmas because it says on the poster you can't put this hero in a box. Christmas. <laughs> um, uh, oh no, I think so, it's coming out Christmas. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say if it's you release your movie around Christmas, it probably should be some level of a Christmassy movie. Um, anyway, and then we have the witches. Uh, he also has Pinocchio coming out in 2022. Uh, which we will be reviewing because, of course, Tom Hanks plays uh, Geppetto in that. Um, so uh, get excited for that and we can decide whether Robert Zemeckis is still talented. Um, uh, so, yeah, you're giving it a two. Let's move on to uh, Anne Hathaway's performance. I do not think that Anne Hathaway is good in this movie. And I, it's sad because I, I think partially it will be affected by direction and the fact that I don't hugely like the, the character design. I don't find it hugely threatening, but she's just, she's not threatening. She's not scary to me. She's doing a character. I'm, she seems like she's having fun. I'll give her that. She seems like she's having fun and it doesn't seem like anyone fucking else is having fun in this movie. So good on her for, for really throwing herself into it and trying something big and bold but I can't really call it different because we've seen the the vague Eastern European accent being evil idea mm. before. And I think that's a bit tired and lazy. She just kind of goes around speaking a little bit weirdly and, and, and thinking that that's scary. And then also the, the venom mouth really fucking freaks me out. Um, but like not in a good way. Um, so in for a character that I think... I've used the word a lot, threatening. For a character that is supposed to be threatening, I think she just comes across as weird and gory, I guess, um, which it, it doesn't carry a, a threatening aura because threat to me comes with a level of power that I don't I don't feel like this character has. I just, I, I yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I, it, it's a rare miss for Hathaway, unfortunately. And I think I'm gonna give it a. Oh, I'm look. You you speak for a little bit because sure. I need to compare this to I, other ones because it's gonna I, go Here's low. my thing. I disagree with you. I think that she is giving the performance in in it's. My thing is like I the things you are describing I think are failings of the film more so than her performance because I feel her performance yeah, is in keeping with the movie. So it's the it's in it's there's some performances which just like um. I'm trying to think of a good example. Nick Cage can sometimes give a performance which is very out of sync with everything else in the movie, and that is often what I would describe more as a good or bad performance. This is very much in keeping with the overall movie, which for me means as a performance, it's is it the best Anne Hathaway performance ever? No, I just probably give it a two. I think it's be I think it, the fact that this was nominated for Razzie alongside um, 
the last thing her last wanted. performance and I think her last performance was I liked less because at least in this she's going for something I'm going to give this a two um you know I I I don't think of this in the same way as as part of the same this is interesting to me that in recent years and Hathaway is clearly trying to make different movies right she's not making the same yeah. boring movies she's making bad but different films which I feel yeah. is her working with different directors stretching out trying different things and they have failed and it's really <laughs> annoying but you know what good effort I'll give you a two um I, I think I fundamentally disagree on whether I think it goes with the movie, if nothing else, because sure. I don't think anyone else is doing a diff, doing the same level of performance. No one else is matching her on the 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 enormity of the performance that she is doing. Now, whether that is the fault of the director or her or the other performers, sure. I don't know. But for me, it ends up with a discordant performance. Um, and so I'm going to give it a 1.7. We're actually not that far away in what we're giving it, but um, I, I, I feel like the, the, the emotion behind my 1.7 is more charged uh, than, than your two. Um, uh, we've then got, of course, the America's Sweetheartometer. How much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film? Um, it's just—it's a strong no on that one. Yeah. I don't, you know, we Alexander, we've always said we've got a finger on the pulse of American culture, and what do American people hate? Killing children. I think we can accept that America is not on board with children murder. Um, we've accused America of being on board with potentially some questionable things in the past, but I don't think we can go so far to say that they're on board with children murder. Um, and so I'm going to give her a strong minus four. Yeah, you know, what's you, you can't be a sweetheart if you murder children. Really sorry. Uh, I can say that you've you've only gone below zero once, uh, and that was for passengers, where you gave her a minus five. I don't know why you gave her a minus five for passengers. That's because she's Canadian in that. So here's the thing. So I gave her a minus five or a minus four? You gave her a minus five, and I do have to ask you a very important question. Oh, but she's not American this, so of course, minus four. Well... So, so to you, America hates Canadians more than child murderers. It's true. Good to know. Um, minus four. Uh, and of course, the most important question, Alexander, um, do you believe that this film is going to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens? Is this going to go in your stash away? Uh, no. That, 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 is, that is unsurprising. Uh, I, too, am not going to stash away this film this week. Uh, so... Alexander, when we do not stash something away, we must present something else. What if not this film is going to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens this week? I'm gonna put my mum in. I'm gonna put my mum oh, in the blank spank. Oh, I she think came. you did that last week, you little fucking. Well, loser. I'll do it again, Jamie. She came seven thousand <laughs> kilometers to see me. I can put her in twice. I'm allowed to put my mum in twice. I'll put family then in. I'll put the abstract concept of family. Pardon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been told by my mum through the wall that I can put her in. Um, <laughs> so I will, oh, Jamie. Oh, my God. You care about your mum so much that you're recording this podcast while she is sat <laughs> beleaguered in the next she's, room, well, she, keeping she, herself entertained. She, she's watching the great Canadian baking show, which, you know, we um, it, it, and is it better or worse than the Great British Baking Show, uh, which is what they call it in America? 
it's it, it, oh, it's work. You know, look, look. The Bake Off is here's the thing. Save for uh, I know I should be talking about my mum, but I'm talking about Bake Off instead. Save for <laughs> I know that before I left, I think they've, it seems to be less of a problem in the last two seasons. Uh, they uh, did a couple of they got a little bit too Americanized in that they would be like too much crying and like some challenges which were like, hey, cook some bread in this hot stone. Which were that was that was definitely the line of where it was starting to push it, um, but uh, but no other than that, Bake Off is, is is good. However, the Canadian version is probably the closest you'll get to the British version because of the general politeness that comes. Yeah, with I was going to say it it it, feel, it feels like uh, at least in some aspects, there's yeah. a lot of common sensibilities between uh, between Canadians and Americans, if you, if you uh, and they're not like, in other aspects. Exactly. If you were to do like the great Southern British, the Southern cooking show, I think you could also do it for like. I don't know. Just have everyone in Georgia bake. I think that'd be quite good. Uh, <laughs> um, so you are you are going to Jamboree. present you're going to present your mum uh, two yeah. weeks in a row. Um, yeah, uh, as galvanizing humanity to fight back against the aliens. Um, I'm going to present uh, my friend's HBO Max login, uh, which <laughs> I'm not actually going to present it over the air. I'm not going to give the, the password details. is uh, <laughs> 0612 CR underscore 55. Uh, but this is what allowed me to uh, watch this uh, this week without having to uh, pay extortionately to buy it on Amazon Prime. Fuck you, Jeff Bezos. Um, whereas, whereas giving money to HBO that Max was a Jeff Bezos totally truth. Fine. Yes, not one of the Warner Brothers. Um, no. Um, uh, so yeah, um, I'm I'm very thankful for that, and I think um, what that speaks to is uh, the general uh, collaboration of humanity that we can share our our strengths and our passwords between each other to use that to fight back against the aliens, uh, and I will continue to use that uh, to watch many things which I have not been able to watch uh, for uh, many years. Uh, I'm finally going to carry on watching The West Wing with my girlfriend. I'm finally going to watch uh, The Wire. Uh, I will probably eventually watch Sopranos. I am very excited. Um, so yes, thank you very much to the HBO Max login that I used to watch this film. Um, and with that, Alexander, we are done for another week. Uh, while I uh, earlier we mentioned, of course, we only have two more episodes before uh, we start to release them slightly more intermittently. Having said that, I believe that Tom Hanks is releasing a film literally like a week after yeah. uh we we stopped recording so we'll be back real fucking quick um but uh join us next week when we will be reviewing uh the television show solos uh which anne hathaway appears in for one episode uh dear alexander what can our dear listeners do between now and next week you know treat yourself get yourself a little biscuit if you live in the uk go to greg's i haven't gone to greg's in two years have yourself a nice sausage roll if you want to have a vegan sausage roll but if you eat meat have a proper sausage roll hold it in your hands it's hot it's steamy the pastry is crumbly don't bite it yet smell it take it from one side of your nose and then move it underneath like a typewriter like tom hanks would want you to you're just going to smell that in one long smell of that lovely flaky scent then what i want you to do you want to take a bite but first just let that nice saliva pool in your mouth as you begin to taste the salt mm, yes sausage that's right the flaky pastry and then just chow down on that sausage roll after you chow down on that sausage roll i of course want you to uh go and uh spread the gospel uh to uh download all your favorite episodes to uh tell your friends to download all the favorite episodes uh to go to jeff bezos's house and say hey why don't you get one of those sweet sweet uh podcast deals to go to mrs spotify i think he lives in denmark and be like hey 
why don't you help out Mr. Uh, James and uh, Alexander uh, with one of those exclusive Spotify deals. That's right, guys. We'd sell out in a second. Uh, not that there's ever <laughs> a threat, but, you know, we would. Uh, and that, of course, is uh, what you can do, all right? You can uh, preach the gospel of Blank's Bank. Uh, thank you very much, Alexander. I do want to say I'm glad you you went into more detail because there was something. If if this movie wasn't threatening, there was something very threatening about you going have yourself a fucking sausage roll. <laughs> Just <laughs> felt very very threatening, and I don't know why. Um, so uh, join us next week for solos. Uh, and until then, from me, Jamie, and my co-host Al, that's one more ep in the bank. Boo 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 boo. Blank spank.